Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hey Juicy Lemoners, before we start the show, we wanted to remind you to follow and subscribe to us on whichever podcasting app you're listening to. And as always, enjoy the show. How do you cancel cancel culture? This week on Lemon, what if instead of calling someone out, we call them in? And later on the show, what is the Asian disaster mindset and how is it holding us back? And as always, we have some new recommendations to keep you entertained this week. Each week, we dissect the conversation Asian millennials are having. Don't go anywhere because you're listening to Lemon. What a time to smell the open fire. Tangle Christmas light and dress up a star. Hello and welcome to the Lemon Show. As always, my name is Philip Cute. And my name is Thomas Tan. And Thomas, look for those of you who, who might be listening for the first time. That little introduction that we have at the beginning, like it's just a temporary um, introduction <laughs> because, as you know, Mariah Carey has released her new Christmas single, and Tom also has released her new Christmas I single. Have. So you know we gotta bring the people in and you know get the lemon listeners to support us because I uh, need to get paid. Yeah, because Mariah Carey, <laughs> the Queen of Christmas, has just released a song. So that just I just wanted to explain that little introduction because that's not our usual introduction. But Tom, this week you made me ask this question, and I don't know where you want to go with this, but what is your favorite alcoholic beverage? No, the only reason why I want to ask this question is because we're just having a gin and tonic with a little bit of bitters now. Nothing big or anything, but my favorite alcoholic beverage is probably actually a gin and tonic with bitters. Well, <laughs> well, I think my answer is going to be really boring because my answer is also gin and tonic. But the reason why I picked gin and tonic is because the calories. Same. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't ask you, what the hell did you put in my drink? Because I am so tipsy. <laughs> so my friend Quinn just recommended bitters to me maybe like a week ago. And I went over to her place and she put Sprite and bitters in a cup. And I drank it and I was like, well, this is life-changing. And usually at cafes or restaurants, they charge like $8 for like just bitters, so like lemon lime bitters. Yeah. And now it's like... I can go buy a bottle for 20 bucks and that bottle lasts for the next three years and being the agent that I am, save money and go b- buy some bitters from Dan Murphy. Well, fun fact, a lemon-lime bitters is 45% alcoholic. So it's actually really strong. That's more than vodka. Oh. So I guess that's why I'm really tipsy because you put a shot of gin. I put a, a shot of gin. And Bombay, I don't know, of course. God knows how much bitters you put in because I'm just like yeah I'm I only put in like 10 drops Is that, I think that's a recommended 10 serving. drops yeah 10 drops and then they said that that's like half a teaspoon and that's 12 calories to so add that to my fitness pal definitely tracking that but on to our next point thank you everyone for tagging us all in your stories for your Spotify raps it's been so fun to read them all and seeing all the minutes and hours that you guys have been spending with us and it's a little bit scary hey yeah no like for us, we're literally, <laughs> we're literally recording this um, in my bedroom right now. I'm kind of like laying down on my bed. You're up against the wall. And yeah, to, to, for so many people to you know join us in, was it 34 different countries? 
That's mm. crazy. And hello to our Singapore friends because apparently um, a lot of you guys have been listening to us <laughs> from Singapore. Shout out to your chicken rice. No, it must be for all of your exes, Tom, because you do damn well Singapore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want to embarrass you anymore, so let's just get into this week's episode. Let's take a live look now outside. Ladies and gentlemen of America. Ariana Grande licked and spit on the merchandise. There can be a hundred people in the room. Leave Britney alone. Catch me outside. How about that? Rise and shine. China. 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 Well, as 2020 has almost now come to an end, I vaguely remember when when COVID was starting to just like take over the world. I remember a lot of us were making jokes about how, you know, we're able to survive, like us in like Asians, we're able to survive the pandemic is because we're kind of like prepared for it. You know, we're kind of always prepared for the worst. And, you know, funny enough, I remember my mum going out to buy literally 20 kilos of meat, <laughs> just preparing for this lockdown. And, you know, I came across this article on Refinery29, which was written by Connie Wang. And she actually talked about this. She, she talked about the disaster mindset that a lot of us Asians have. And for example, you know, she mentioned that she told her parents that she was going to move to LA to live. And the first thing her mom said was, well, don't move there. Be careful of the rats and, mm. and the, you know, the ants and, you know, the infestation, stuff like that. And I actually, actually believe this is actually true. I actually noticed this with your mom, actually. My mom, yes. And my mom as well. Like, if I was to mention anything good, like, you know, if I was, for example, was going to tell her, like, oh, I want to pursue this business venture, she'd be like, no, be careful. The rent's really expensive. Mm. And, you know, the reason why this article really resonate with me is because a lot of Asians have this mindset and they tend to go to the worst case scenario first. And it's actually holding us back, I believe. Like, it's holding us from achieving the things that we actually want to achieve. Tom, what do you think about this? Because your mom definitely has this Asian disaster mindset. No, she does. And especially because Connie Wang also quotes in her article that it's, I guess it's the hardest for if you're in the music or in, in the movie business. So she quotes, preparing for the worst while aiming for the best. And it's exactly like my life and my mom. Every time I go out, my mom would assume the worst. Like she thinks I'm going to crash. Drive safely. The road is really wet. You know, it's raining. Or let's say I'm traveling overseas. Don't let anybody steal from you. And that's why when I travel to you in, in China, when we went out and about as well. I was so scared because I'm so paranoid that I'm going to die in the streets of China. You're a paranoid person. I'm very paranoid. your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to give a bit of context though, like whenever we go to your house, if we were to record a podcast episode at your house, and even though I've been working from home for the last eight months or so, if I was to go to your house to record an episode, a podcast episode, your mum would literally make me change clothes mm, because so, yep. she's paranoid that I might have somehow caught COVID in the process from driving from my house to your house <laughs> and yeah, catching COVID because my car seats might be dirty or something like that. It's because we have like a, a routine or sanitation process now. So every time somebody comes over to our house, you know, you have to take your shoes outside of the house with clean feet, then step into my house when you're set to one step into my house then you take off your socks put your socks in your shoes sanitize your hand go wash your hand and re-sanitize so that, whenever that, quarantine, that, is, that process is more sanitized than our hospitals I reckon yeah. and, and the quarantine hotels <laughs> probably but the reason why is because she doesn't like it when people like a lot of Asian people understand like when you have outside clothes and when you sit in your car you're, now your car's dirty so then you even though you wear your pajamas you sit in your car and then you come up to my house to do a podcast your pajamas is now considered dirty so you have to change something new 
So that being said, coming back to the disaster mindset, every possibility that could go wrong in the Asian mindset will go wrong. Well, do you have any personal experiences? Um, I'm a bit of the opposite, to be honest. I'm really naive. I'm like, er- everything that could go the best will go right. You're, you are a bit of an odd one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me personally, I actually... I so much, maybe it's not so much our generation. I think it's more in the older generation because I guess like our parents, you know, lived through a much tougher life than us. And um, for me on a personal level, like, you know, I, as you guys know, I, I work with my family. We own a family business. And I remember in the early days of, of our business, I would bring all these ideas of like, you know, let's do a pop-up shop. Let's um, release this product. Let's try making this product. And my mom was always the person holding those ideas back. Like, if I brought up the idea of bring, doing a pop-up shop, the first thing she would say is, no, nah, we can't, the rent's too expensive. And like, you know, if you're going to be saying those sort of things, like, how, how are we supposed to grow this business? How are we supposed to try new things and do new things? And for Tom, for you, it's the same thing with you. You know, when you told your mm. mom that you wanted to pursue music and you were working with this producer, the first thing she said to you was, don't trust strangers. Mm. No, 100%. And it kind of, I, the bit of the hard thing is that because I'm on the opposite spectrum of what my mom's doing, I get caught up because I don't want to believe what my mom said. Nah, she's wrong. She's wrong. So being as stub as I am, when I do go out in the music industry, shit, I do meet a lot of snakes. I meet a lot of people who do want to take advantage of me and people who just want to use me in a not a so good way. So I guess that's my own learning experience. But what I really found quite touching about the article that Connie Wang wrote is that she quoted, shedding the disaster mindset means really believing that we're here for the long haul. It means resisting the idea that we have to prove that we belong here. And that really resonated with me because you know, when you go to a party or a club like that, we're here to have a good time, not a long time, but in the Asian cultures, like we don't want to live a good life. We want to have a long life. <laughs> so it, Prior to this Procornius podcast, you and I, we just went out to go watch a movie, and we went to, um, we watched a movie starring Harry Jr. Sh- Harry Shum Jr.? Harry Schumann Jr., yeah. And Jessica, I can't remember what her last name is, but she's been like, Happy Death Day 1 and 2, La La Land, and that movie really kind of showcased what this article was about. So, all my life is about, you know, there's an Asian guy who marries a Caucasian girl, and I mean, I guess I can say this because it's in the trailer, but he gets sick and they're just kind of finding out what they can do together because they'll plan to get married and things don't go too well and they're just showing their experience in their life and it's based on a true story. But while watching this movie, you can actually see that the character that Harry plays is that he is in like a very corporate field where he wants to do his passion, which is cooking. And the girl, Jessica, that actually plays, she's like, just go for it. You know, what's she's the wrong thing? More of thing? a free spirit. More of a free spirit. And she's like, yeah, what could go wrong? What's the worst thing that could go wrong? Like, the her spectrum, just go for it, go for it, live your life. Where he's like, no, 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 I gotta, you know, I'm scared about bills I have to pay, financially, how am I gonna support myself? What about, and it's all surrounding fear. And it took him such a big push to actually go do what he wanted to do. Oh, you know what? Actually, watching that, at the time, I didn't understand why. Um, the actress Jessica, how she was trying to tell Harry Jr. Schumer Jr. to quit his job and just do it. I'm just like, uh, that kind of that 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 scene kind of irritated me quite a bit. But I didn't understand why. But now I understand why. Mm. And it's because because 
I guess like I'm thinking more realistic. You know, he's doing his job because he has to do it. He has to pay mm. his rent and stuff. And you know, in the movie, she mentions that she can barely afford her rent, yeah. and here she is telling him to quit his job. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, like I, now I understand. Is it, it's that disaster mindset triggering in back in back in hundred percent? And because she's such a free spirit, I actually loved her so much, her character so much. Because oh, I would do that. Oh, exactly, exactly what I did. And then. Bit of a spoiler if you haven't watched it, just believe or we'll skip for the next 15 seconds. There's a fountain moment, and she's wearing her wedding dress. And you know how people are so scared, oh, you know, I don't want to get it dirty. I'm so scared of getting all the red wine or white stuff. And she's like, I don't care if I get red wine spilled on my dress. Who cares? Let's jump in a bloody fountain and get it all wet. Who cares? And I think that's a love set that I, I love or that the person who I want to be. So, reading the Connie Wang article, it's made me diagnose myself a little bit. And the reasons why we do have that bit of paranoia growing up. Oh, so what's the diagnosis? <laughs> I don't know. Paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> paranoia. Well, let's. Well, we mentioned it earlier. You know, do you think? Like, I think we as Gen are we Gen X or Gen Y? What are we? I think we're, no, we're millennials. Oh yeah, we're millennials. <laughs> Sorry, I, like I forgot what generation we're born. But like our generation, do you think we have less of a disaster mindset than our parents? And if we do, why? I think we definitely do. Our parents came from a time where there was war. Like, your parents were walking to the borders of Vietnam. No, your parents, I think? Yeah, my yeah, mum yeah. and her grandparents. And then your mum and dad, like, you know, they fled and lived in the refugees. Like, I saw this meme on Facebook where it's like, our parents at 23, we should go live to another, move to another country so our kids will have a better life. And then us at 23, everything will go well in this air fryer. <laughs> And it's such a very different mindset. And for our parents, they went through the hardships of being, I guess, the first generation to enter a white country. And that's why they're so fearful. Whereas for us, we've been growing up here, so we kind of do identify, but it's not the best mindset to push onto your kids. Yeah, and I think the reason why... I, like, I think we don't really dis- suffer from this disaster mindset as much as our parents. And I think partly it's because... Especially when you're growing up in a country like Australia, you know, we're constantly being told by every single person around us that you can do this. You can Mm. achieve your dreams. You can do whatever you want. So, I guess, like, that mindset of, like, I can't do this because I'm, I don't know, I can't pay my bills or something. I don't know. That that disaster mindset doesn't really trigger in for us as much as it does for our parents. And I reckon, even though we don't resonate it much or believe it that much, I was as much as our parents would say, we become the product of what they say because we love our parents. We want to listen to them. We respect them because respect is so much. Honor, Mulan. We want to respect our parents so much. But being the product of what they say, even though people at words can't hurt you, they actually do. Growing up, you actually find out, shit, we are all kind of messed up a little bit. Mm, well, look, we're not therapists and we're not, <laughs> we're not psychologists <laughs> by any means. But for those of us who are, I guess, like in that mindset, that, you know, that disaster mindset, how can we break free out of this? It depends how privileged you are. And I hate using that word, but I do. I'm in a very privileged, I guess, space. It, I'm By all means, that like, we are not, I'm not a rich person. You know, I come from a single mom household, a single mom, income where she did everything to provide for me and my sister. That being said, I'm still privileged enough to go chase my dreams and because I'm still living at home. But there are a lot of other people who don't have that, that they do live paycheck to paycheck, that they don't have parents who can cook for them, who still pay the house bills, who 
have that financial freedom that they can chase. So I do understand that if you do want to go live your best life, sometimes people can't because they do have a lot mm. of things to worry about. It is very circumstantial. And like you said, a lot of people aren't in that fortunate position. And, you know, we live in a country where we're supported by our government mm. and we get, you know, we get welfare blessed. payments if we don't work. Yeah, mm-hmm. hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do think, you know, this disaster mindset is definitely holding some of us back. and A lot of us back. A lot of us back. And we definitely need to find a way to, you know, break out of it. I, I don't have the answer. Like, I know you're looking at me like I have the answer, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but, you know... Whether, you know, that that could be anything, you know, whether that means, you know, maybe like saving up a lot of money like you did and then quitting your job, you know, I, I guess we need to think of what the worst is and just prepare for those, but also just manage <laughs> those disasters as well. Um, but look, our listeners probably are more qualified and more smarter than we are. Mm. So we'd love to know what you guys think, you know, what, how do you break out of this, this disaster mindset? And if you are in it, like, what are you thinking? Like, what's the thought process going in your head? Um, head over to our Facebook page and Instagram page and let us know what you think. There'll be more Lemon coming up, but first, here's a few words from today's sponsors. So there's been a piece that was published in the New York Times and it's kind of going viral this week and it was written by Jessica Bennett and it was titled, What if instead of calling people out, we called them in? And it kind of talks about cancel culture and it doesn't really talk about, you know, why cancel culture is toxic because we kind of know it is, you know, toxic But at this point. But what it really talks about, it talks about, you know, how can we deal with cancel culture? And it talks about, you know, what is the antidote of cancel culture and Jessica Bennett who wrote this mar- marvelous marvelous why am I saying marvelous I never said the word marvelous I think because you had marvelous chocolate just now I think so <laughs> uh, but this amazing piece about um, you know calling people in instead and what she means by calling people in instead is that you know for example you might see a friend you know write something or might misgender someone and you know to someone that might be following them it is quite offensive and that it's it, you know socially wrong and what she wrote is that, you know, instead of like publicly calling them out and commenting on their post saying, hey, that was really offensive, it might be more productive to actually pull them aside, give them a call, or maybe like slide in their DMs and say, hey, you know, what you wrote there is kind of, in, you know, kind of incorrect and, you know, or you might be mispronouncing this person's name or misgendering this person. And we've kind of, you know, we've kind of actually moved on from these terms. Maybe you could try this instead. and. I think it's quite a marvellous idea. <laughs> but Tom, you read the article. What do you think about this idea about calling someone in instead of calling them out? I think calling someone in is actually a great idea, but I don't think it is the be or end or solution. Like, for example, you know, President Trump or tre- even President Joe Biden or even our Prime Minister or someone who's super famous or who has so much power... I highly doubt if I do DM them, they're not going to receive my message or they're not going to bother replying. Imagine like sliding in Donald Trump's DM and expecting to reply. (laughs) But I do see how calling in can be very, very beneficial. That being said, the reason why I do agree with calling in because it takes a time and there's a bit of a waiting period. And what I mean by that is that when you want to call somebody out, you are filled with emotions. You're fired up. You're angry at somebody, right? And when you're angry and emotional, what happens is that 
you may not say the kindest things. Things may slip out of your tongue. And just a bit of a side note, you always happen to pick topics which is like correlating with what I'm reading in the Bible. Oh, well, it's faith, I guess. <laughs> like we're, we're re- I'm reading James chapter 3, right? And it's actually, the title is actually called Taming of the Tongue. So beautiful topic, beautiful choice. But that being said, when we are emotional, it's very hard to control what we have to say or say things efficiently to people for them to understand. Well, have you ever been caught out for anything or being caught in for anything? Um... I've probably been caught in more than I've... I don't do a lot of calling out. And I think this comes back with the paranoia to what we discussed earlier. For me, I'm somebody that I think being called out has scared me so much that I don't do it because I do not want to be seen as a Karen. And the issue with that, it produces a generation of a lot of people who are snowflakes like myself, who we become very scared to call people out or that we become scared of saying something. Like, what is the balance of telling somebody how you feel Without being, without calling out or being a Karen, mm, because you know studies have shown, you know, like when you do call someone out, you actually make them feel embarrassed, mm. and it is unproductive because that person is just going to become defensive. And you know, I guess, like we can look at at Donald Trump's followers, like the seventy four million of them, he's kind of created a pretty much his following around council culture because he comes around and tells everyone he's like don't be ashamed of you know what your opinions and what your thoughts are Mm. because they're valid and he's pretty much like based his whole election off that and his his followers off that and you know we can see from that just how far we can get just by publicly trying to cancel everyone Mm. and calling everyone out and what i find a little bit of the problem is with the cancel culture or calling someone out publicly what's very powerful is that when someone has a choice when you publicly shame somebody online or in just in an open public space, you take away their choice to improve or grow as a better person. So what I mean by this, when I was reading this article, it made me think that when you pull somebody to a side, you tell them, hey, you pissed me off or you did this to me and really upset. Oh, if you, I don't think you should do this because it's, you give them an option. You give them a choice yeah. to whether they want to improve themselves or grow as a person or whether or not they're going to still become a shit person. And... If you when you do public call when you do publicly call somebody out, you take away that choice and you force them. And I don't think it, it may benefit most people or some people, but I don't think it will be beneficial for most people because most people do growing when they do self a lot of self reflecting and they do own up to it. I love that. I love what you just said. And I think, <laughs> and I think what I might add on to that is that you know when you actually call someone publicly out, you're kind of. Have, you're making the assumption that they have bad intentions. Mm. Whereas if you call someone in and you DM them and you private message them, you're actually making the assumption that they had that, that it wasn't intentional, that it wasn't... You give them benefit of the doubt. And like you said, you give them an option on how to respond. And obviously, if they're going to respond with the same thing again, mm. <laughs> and they're not going to engage in a, a healthy discussion, mm. then, I don't know, maybe, maybe that might be the time to call someone out. Have you ever been called out before? Oh, um, probably not called out. But I do remember on our Lemon podcast, because I do manage our Lemon podcast. <laughs> not, I didn't do a great job, to be honest. Um, that's because it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but, you know, during the Black Lives movement, everyone was blocking, um, posting the black tiles. Mm. And... You know, obviously, I had really good intentions, and you know, we're we're definitely on you know on the pro 
Black Lives Matter you know, discussion, and you know, I saw everyone posting the black tiles, and I was like, oh, I want to join in solidarity and post it as well. So I posted it and just put the hashtag you know, Black Lives Matter. Did you put on, put on a lemon page? Yeah, I did. Oh, did you? Very, for like 30 minutes. Oh. And then our Amanda Chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who listens to the podcast, hello. Um, she's... Slid in our DMs. Oh, she called you in. Yeah, she called me in. She was ahead of the time. Um, but she like called us in and she said, Hey guys, you know, I love what you guys do. And obviously I listen to your podcast and I know you have really good intentions, but um, you know, you shouldn't be posting this black black tile with if you're not gonna write something um that's educational to help mm. educate people on on the movement. Mm. And I'm like, oh, is that why everyone's posting it? So I was like, okay, I'll just delete it for now. And then if I have time, I'll come back and, and post something more thought-provoking and more and more you know useful and so that was good like she didn't assume mm. that i had bad intentions well good on amanda amanda Tietier. yeah because she was saying that a lot of people were posting that black tile without writing anything because yep. they wanted to hide the message and hide what the actual movement was about mm, but i guess it can be seen a bit counterproductive well what do we think about you know like obviously calling someone out publicly when you do it in such a public space it just naturally has a bigger reach. Like, more people can see it. But if we call someone out, you know, one-on-one, only one pair of eyes is going to see it. So, Mm. is it less productive to call someone out individually in in, in the sense that it reaches less people and that the the change to the world is not going to be as great? Because I feel like we learn a lot when when people get publicly caught out, like mm. for me, example, I see, obviously we've been seeing a lot of people getting caught out in the past year or so. I've actually learned from, from those public, public call outs, even mm. though we know that it's not productive in a way that that person who's being caught out is not, is just going to be defensive and they are just going to argue back. Yep. Yep. So your question is, is the virality of calling someone out publicly more beneficial because more people can learn from it? Exactly. Like a lot of people can learn from it. Like a lot of younger people like us, for example, mm. learn from it. I think if it's in a position where you are the underdog and you have no way of reaching them, that is the only exception, not the only, but that is one of the exceptions of calling out someone publicly. Because let's say you did DM them and they don't respond. But like, for example, beauty gurus, right? They call people out so much. They call each other out. And I guess for us, it's a bit of like a popcorn moment because we love a little bit of drama and we love looking at, and we do learn from it and what not to do and what to do in those situations. But sometimes what we do forget is that they actually are humans too. And we, forget that yes they're making millions of dollars but it doesn't take away the fact that they do have feelings and do they do process things exactly the same thing that we we are going through as well and i don't think that publicly shaming someone because you have the opportunity to do so is the right way to go just because more people can learn from it because they too are people but what about like circumstances in like um for example Pete Evans, he's a chef in Australia mm. and he's kind of like <laughs> he's kinda of like an anti vaxxer. Mm. He's um during COVID in Australia he tried to sell these I think it's like some chair or something like that, or some some machine apparently that get, gets rid of COVID. And it was thirty thousand dollars <sighs> and he's just you know, spitting like fake news and 
you know, is it right for us to call him out and cancel him? The thing with Pete Evans is that he's spreading a lot of, like you said, false news, fake news. And when you're promoting fake news to the public, you have no choice but to tell the public, no, this is wrong. Imagine if you go DM him and because and he's, he's a public figure and he's quite powerful too. Hey, this is wrong. He's not going to acknowledge it. Mm. What you can do, you can probably take it to like Twitter or the board or something to get them to take down the post. But if it's not changing his belief because he's spreading his propaganda, like he's an anti-vaxxer, anti-fluoride person. I saw that thing that he was promoting it's like a light bulb thing that yeah. kills the coronavirus allegedly with those things you have to tell them in a public way or else they can't see it i think for for example for pete evans like i think we know what his intention is mm. we know that he's intentionally spreading fake news and so i think in those situations where someone is repeatedly doing that same thing again mm. and we know the intention is confirmed, I think that is the right time to publicly call someone out because obviously they are commenting in a public space. So why can't we comment? Because it's a respond? pattern, right? Yeah, exactly. And if it's a pattern, why not? Why can't we just publicly call them, you know, call them out? But I think we have to be careful in terms of like, like you said, cancelling someone, we are cancelling someone's real life here. And so in the article, they do mention to not punch down. So mm. I think that's also really important. Like you don't want to count, like call someone out publicly if you know they have less power than you. Mm. Um, but if it's someone like a politician, you know, they're sworn an oath, they mm. promise the country that they're going to take care of them and stuff mm. like that. Those sort of people definitely need to be, I guess, like, caught out because they're not going to read our DMs, right? <laughs> and I guess we have to show a little bit more compassion to people who do make mistakes and people who are actually genuinely give, very give, sorry. Give intentions. Good, yeah, yeah, give them, you know, benefit of the doubt. If they don't do it again, that's fine. But if they're going to be promoting anti-vaccine and anti-fluoride, then hello, Twitter, black Twitter, do your thing. But... We want to know what you guys think. You always say that. I don't know why I'm saying this. But <laughs> we started. We you wanna, can just we finish it off. We want to know what you guys think. So let us know in the DMs about your opinion about this article. We also put this in our show notes. So hit us up. All right, it's recommendation time. Oh, we're just doing things a lot differently this week because you'd normally do. Recommendation time. We just do that little singing Recommendation thing. Recommendation time. We're just kind of swap roles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this week, I am going to recommend... Um, first of all, we watched All My Life. I definitely recommend mm. going to watch that because Harry Schumer Jr. is in it. And, you know, support Asian media because, mm. you know, we want to tell the Hollywood execs that... We uh, can do it. That <laughs> Yes. That <laughs> we want to get out of this disaster mindset that pe- and people actually want to watch Asian people on the big screen. Exactly. Um, but also, I will also recommend, um, you know, if you are in Australia, please... <laughs> Go out and go to your local cinema and watch a movie because um, we went to a cinema today and it was just quiet. We were the only ones there. And like, I would hate to see a world where there's no more cinemas because it would just be so sad. I think people will come back, but very slowly. But we were the only two there. It's a three level movie theater by a very like village which is massive in australia no one was there and you're like what do these people do all day if no one comes down like i don't know they probably just clean the toilet like 10 times i saw her wipe the um (laughs) the the door handles i'm like why are you wiping it it's just us today she has a disaster mindset she has a disaster mindset. she was asian actually (laughs) (laughs) um but i do recommend going out to watch um a movie if you are in australia i don't know if movies are out 
open in, in other countries. I don't think so. Um, but in Australia, look, cinemas are all back on. And so please go out to watch something. But there are, there are some great movies that are coming mm. out. Like um, Witches, Wonder, 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 Wonder Woman? Woman 1984. Then you also have the director of Us, which produced like another movie. I forgot what it's called. So, uh, Tenet is coming out. I'm a big... We are, Actually, I didn't realize this, but I learned today, guys, that you are not a movie person. You are more of a TV shows person. Yes. <laughs> and the reason why is because I had Asian parents. So, they never, obviously, took me to the cinemas. Mm. So, you know, I just never really got into the habit of watching movies. And as I got older, um, especially running my own business, I never had time to go watch cinemas unless someone forces me to watch a movie. Mm. Um, and, you know, these days, everything's on Netflix, so I kind of just wait for it to be on Netflix. But I do love going to cinema, though, so please do not <laughs> recommend it to yourself. <laughs> it's a bit hypocritical, but please go out to watch a movie. I'm trying my best to go out to watch a movie. No, you are. But I, I'm a more of a movie. Like, that's why every time a recommendation comes on, you're like, what are you recommending? I was like, I don't know. I haven't started a new TV show. I'm just finishing off my anime. But... My, like, my mom growing up, she would drop me off when I was, like, six or seven at the movie theaters watching Pokemon 2000. I was picking back up when two hours I'll go shopping, buy groceries. She just hacked <laughs> society because that's the cheapest way to get a babysitter. <laughs> True. Oh, my God. And back then, your kids, the movie was, like, $8 a ticket, right? So, I dropped them off for two. I mean, it's a little bit dangerous. I think God, I didn't get kidnapped or anything. But... Come back, coming back to the movies, guys, got to watch movies. Support local, support small local businesses, too. Oh, yes, yeah, support local businesses because it is Christmas time and um, a lot of small businesses, you know, have suffered a lot this year. So, you know, when you're doing Christmas shopping, I recommend, you know, as a small business owner as well, to buy from another small business because mm. when you buy from a small business, you buy from, you know, we also buy from other small business businesses. <laughs> so, the world just goes round. You mean Australia just goes round? It just goes round. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just quoting myself here. I, know, I think you have a bit, one or two many gin and tonics. I did. But, but anyways, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for making it this far. If you guys want to hit us up on the DMs, call us in. Just be a bit gentle because we are also humans too. Oh, actually. We have been called in so many times by our listeners have we? on the podcast. Oh, I don't know. You managed that. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, we do say sorry to a lot of people who that we do truly offend and we're always growing to, so just be kind to us. And opinions are always changing as well. But hit us up on the DMs, be gentle. Also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. And also listen to us on Acast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you're listening to or whichever platform. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. But that will be our final episode for the year. 2020 is going to be over. Well, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Because I...